Okay, so I'm going to get right into it. Uh, first of all, I want you to welcome back. Welcome back. We're glad to have you guys back tonight on Wednesday night. And I am, I have been so pumped up and ready for this. I could preach for the next three or four hours. Just kidding. Just kidding. I could, but I won't. Amen. But uh, so I've got, I've got a place I want to get to. I, I really believe that the Lord has been stirring some things in me. Um, and it's sometimes we don't realize um, really what we need until all of a sudden we hear it and go, oh, I needed that. I, I needed that. How many of you have been in a, in a gathering to where you're like, man, I came in just kind of maybe could receive something and went out and go, man, I really needed what that, that was tonight. And we could probably stop right now after the worship and say, that was good enough. I needed that. But um, but we're going to get into the Word of God. I want to have you guys turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to begin to start laying down a foundation of some things. So those of you that take notes, I know there's some of you that like to take those notes. I'm going to give you some to be able to take. But I really want to be able to talk a little bit about um, the beginning of the kingdom. Um, a lot of times we we look at this earth and we see what's going on nowadays and and what's taking place and there's just a shaking going on there's there there's animosity there's there's the the injustice situation we've got we've got you know we we look at different cities and there's just such terrible unrest there is I'm telling you as the 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 kingdom of heaven moves closer to earth <laughs> if i could say that there is a groaning there is a reaction to that and I want to talk a little bit about the kingdom. I, I, uh, I was challenged and it was like, okay, what did Jesus preach about? Because if Jesus preached about it, I want to preach about it. If Jesus taught about it, I want to teach about it. And there's a lot of different places and a lot of different churches and denominations. They will, they will preach certain things. They'll have doctrine for certain things. They'll do certain things. But I want to get into the Word and, and, and just begin to start building a foundation. So I'd love for you to join me each Wednesday night. We're going to begin to continue to start building. So this one is going to be a foundation, and we're going to build on it. Okay? We're going to begin to build on it. We're going to pour that foundation. We're going to, I'm going to challenge you. Hopefully, we're going to challenge you a little bit with a few things that I know that the Word of God has challenged me, and I want to be able to challenge you. So, you know, we can look at some things and, and our theology can be, you know, all about being born again. And there's denominations that's all about being born again. It's born again, born again, born again. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. That's what needs to happen. But we can get so caught up with that that we never move past just being saved. We never move into the lordship of Jesus Christ. We never move into operating in the kingdom of God. And I want us to begin to look at that. I want to challenge you again tonight for some things. So I want to start out real quick in Genesis chapter 2. If you'll turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to talk about the beginning of the kingdom. Because I believe that in Genesis, even before chapter 1, before chapter 1, when the Father came together with the Holy Spirit and Jesus was the Word, that they had a meeting what did I say? Sorry about that. Did I Genesis 2? Oh, I'm sorry. In Genesis 2, that's where we need to go. Genesis 2. 
But in the beginning of Genesis chapter 1, sorry about that. Did I say Genesis 1? Oh, there's not? Well, then I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong one. It's Genesis 1. Thank you. There you go. Sometimes I can look over my PowerPoint and I still miss it. Genesis 1, in the very beginning, before verse 26. <laughs> in the very beginning, before verse 26, verse 1. When Genesis, they had a meeting. And the Father was there, the Son was there, and the Holy Spirit was there. And as they came up with this, I could say concept or idea, or maybe that's how it was to be about the kingdom of God. And as they met and they talked about it, everything was designed, everything that God designed was about the kingdom. And I'm going to show you bits and pieces throughout not only the Old Testament, but tonight we're going to lay down a little bit of the New Testament. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Genesis 1, verse 26. Is that better? Y'all, I love you guys because y'all are just so gracious when I give you the wrong scripture. You know, that might have been a test. I might have just been testing you to see who was really looking at their Bible. Good job, Tom. Tom is, Tom, uh, Pastor Tom, he, he does that, and it's great. Genesis 1, verse 26. And then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Did he say, let's let them rule over worship? Did he say, let's let them have rulership over heaven? Okay. Verse 27, God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him, male and female. He created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all of the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything, 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 I'm adding that emphasis, everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and then there was morning of the sixth day. And we see in verse 28, he blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and rule over it. Let me look, look at me just a moment. What he was saying is that I'm going to make man, woman in my own image, in my own likeness. Are you with me? And I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you dominion. I'm going to give you the keys to rule over everything that's on the face of the earth. So this was established. When was it established? In the beginning, everybody say in the beginning. In the beginning, it was established in the beginning that we were to have authority. We were to have rulership. We were to have dominion. So I began to start looking at some of the words and I started breaking some of them down. And I started finding some commonality in the word dominion. We also found some commonality in the word 
uh, kingdom, king's dominion, kingdom, king's dominion. And I started looking at Exodus 19.6, and I'll see if I got that one right. Do we have that one to put up? Or um, Exodus 19.6. It says, the Lord told Moses about Israel, and they will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So the Lord was talking to Moses, and he said, here's what Israel's going to be. They are going to be a kingdom of priests. Kingdom of priests. They're going to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So a lot of times people are like, well, why do you feel like that God favors Israel? First of all, God favors me too. And he favors you. And we can look at it from the beginning and we can see, whereas he was dealing with the nation of Israel, he said, I'm going to make them a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. There's a book that I read many years ago. It was the, the Jewish Phenomenon. And if you could ever get that book, if you get it and read it, and it talks about how Israel is the leader of a lot of the, not only the tech um, breakthroughs that you find, the computer breakthroughs, all of that. They're, they're, they're a leader in science. They're a leader in math. They're a leader in a lot of these different places that we know that they're able to, to be m way ahead of other nations and way ahead of other countries, even though they're just a small little country in the, in the Middle East, small nation in the Middle, of East, Middle East. So I started pulling this off and I thought, well, if he's talking about dominion, if he's talking about authority, if he's talking about rulership, then let me look that up. So I looked that up and I want to give you the definition. This is the definition um, in the Hebrew. And they also have some definitions in, in Aramaic. So when I looked at this definition of kingdom, it means to reign. This is not up for negotiation. That's what it means. It means to reign. Inceptively, to ascend the throne. To ascend, or I could say ascend to the throne. To go higher. Are you with me? It's a kingdom, and, and, and we go higher. It also means causatively to induct into royalty. Somebody say, I'm royalty. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. I don't feel like royalty right now. Or yesterday I didn't feel like royalty. But today I, I might feel a little more royal. But maybe after you get done, Pastor, I'll even feel a little bit more royalty. So when we look at it and we see the kingdom of God from the very beginning, when God wanted to give us rulership, when he wanted to give us authority, and he says, look, here's dominion, right? This is the way it was originally done. Who named the animals? Adam did. You know why? Because dad, Papa, was training his son. And he said, here they are. Name them. And he named them. I don't know what that looked like. You know what I mean? Did he see a buffalo and, and go, buffalo? Or did he see dirt and say, buffalo and pfft? A buffalo popped up. I don't know, but it's going to be cool when we ever get to the opportunity to see how that creative thing happened. You know, wasn't that, wouldn't that be neat if he just like puts a little dirt in his hand and goes, Robin, and it flies away. Of course, that wouldn't have been the really what he wouldn't use. He wouldn't have used English. He would have used Hebrew or Aramaic, and it would have been that word that he would have said, and then that thing was, was created. So we also talked about dominion. Everybody say dominion. Dominion to rule. 
I want us to begin to start really thinking about that because as a child of the Most High God, we let things rule us. We let situations rule over us. We let ideas and thoughts rule over us. Are you with me? Don't you? Because that's what, that's what creates. Our words create, but where do the words come from? They come from our thought process. They come from our heart, right? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And then when you, when you begin to start releasing, and Shelly's been talking about releasing the kingdom of God, it's like, well, what is that? And what does that look like? And how do we operate in that? Let me give you another scripture, Psalms 145. See if we've got it up here, Psalms 145, 13. Did I, did I give you that one, Mike? It says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. See, how about Daniel 4, 3? Did I give you that one? Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion is from generation to generation. See, this was Daniel... What had happened is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had just got out of the fiery furnace. You all know that? You know, you know that? You can look that up and read that if you want to. They had just gotten out of the fiery furnace, furnace because Nebuchadnezzar had put them in there. And, they, and he was like, well, I hope it works out for you. And they said, well, even if it doesn't, we're not going to bow down to you. And they just got out of that. And when they just got out of that, they saw how Nebuchadnezzar saw how amazing God was. He said, I looked in there and there was three and there was this fourth one in there. We all know that it was Jesus. He needs to be with us. If anything, spiritually, you got to know that Jesus is with you even when you're in the fire. He's with you even when you're not having a good day. He's with you even when there's difficulty going on in your home. He's with us even when there's difficulty in this nation. He's with us even though there's difficulty in cities and around the world. He's with us no matter what. So Daniel says his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. That was actually Nebuchadnezzar that was saying that about Daniel's God the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. When he said that about him, it was actually, I looked up the kingdom word, this same scripture, I looked it up and it was in Aramaic, and I think I've got the definition. I know you guys are going to be surprised about this definition. Do I have that too? I just, I just have two or three different PowerPoints I think I have. Aramaic, and it literally means to reign. Everybody say reign. When you look at that, the word dominion, means like an empire. It means like an empire. When in this Aramaic word, the word dominion, it's I think it's shokwin. And it means an empire. So let me take the Aramaic word and put it in the scripture. He says, let's go back real quick on one more, Mike. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. The question that I have for you, is there an end to that? But yet we think there's going to be. Is there an end to it? Because his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. 
right? And his dominion is from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation. I love the blessing song, Tatum. It is fantastic because we are blessed from generation to generation to generation to generation, thousand generations, 10,000 generations. And when we look at this, so if I, I take the word kingdom and I replace it with the Aramaic word, it says his reign is an everlasting reign. And his empire is from generation to generation. So when we look at that and realize that his reign is an everlasting reign. I'm telling you, God is on the throne and he's not getting knocked off the throne. No matter what happens in this world, no matter what you go through, no matter what difficulty and hurt or pain that we have to endure through this, I'm telling you, God is still on the throne and he's still reigning and he's still ruling. And his empire is from generation to generation. So if I take this and say, here's the first time kingdom was talked about in Genesis chapter 1. And then we can go back and we can look at Psalms and we can look at Daniel. And there's more scripture that we'll get to later in Daniel about the kingdom. And God's showing that prophetically of what's taken place. Let's take a look at the New Testament. Is it all right if we look at the New Testament? A couple scriptures I want to give you in the New Testament. The very first mention of the kingdom in the Greek it also means to reign. It also means to rule. It also means to have dominion over. So I pose the question, what do you have dominion over and what has dominion over you? And I don't pose it for, to, to make you upset or mad or disappointed or hurt, but to say when we understand the kingdom and how it operates, and we as children, sons and daughters of the king. A revelation that Shelley had years ago when we were studying some of this was Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lord and the what? King of Kings. Everybody, King of Kings. And I had this revelation of that he was the king maybe over kings like our president or the African kings or leaders and rulers in other nations. And, and Shelley said, well, if we are to be kings and priests, and Jesus is the king of kings, then we're the kings. Is it possible that he's the king and we're the kings? So he's the king of kings. Oh, come on. See, what happens, Josh, is you don't know your royalty. And Tom, we think we don't know our royalty, and then we find out there's a scripture that says you are royal. And not only if he's the king over kings, and he's the king over you, and I'm a king. Somebody say, I'm a king. Because I begin to think about that and realize that, and I thought, what about the kingdom? And I was challenged, if Jesus preached something, what did he preach? Did he preach baptism? Did he preach being born again? Did he preach... Six steps to healing. Five ways to get out of debt. <laughs> are you with me? Those are all good things. And we do what we all preach this. I mean, we, we want to be able to take those principles and do that. But the question that I had was, 
If Jesus preached it, then why am I not preaching it? And if it was important enough for Jesus to preach, and he preached it, and he preached it, and he preached it, well, Pastor, he didn't preach it for 20 years, and you've been here 22. No, he basically had his ministry from for three and a half years. Can I say from 30 to 30 and a, 33 and a half, three and a half years? But for three and a half years, he preached the kingdom. And I want to show it to you. The first mention in the New Testament, the kingdom, was about John the Baptist. You remember Matthew chapter 3, verse 2? John the Baptist, it said that he came what? He came preaching the kingdom. Repent, for the kingdom of God is what? At hand. At hand. I'm not going to, tonight I'm not going to go into the word definition of what at hand means, but it's then. It's like right here, right now. Eric gets to preach tonight. Thank you, Jesus. And the time of his preaching is at hand. Are you with me? So it's right now. It's, it's taking place now. So I, uh, does anybody ever have the Passion Translation? Did you, you, do you use that? Does anybody else? It's pretty amazing. I, I, I've been really spending some time in that, and it, and it really expands on some of that. So let me, let me read this. This was out of the Passion Translation, and I got a little bit more for you too, Murray. The Passion Translation says this. It says, it was at this time that John the baptizer began to preach in the desert of Judah. His message was this. Listen, the realm of heaven's kingdom is about to appear. So you'd better be keeping, excuse me, you better keep turning away from evil and turn back to God. It was about to appear when, Josh? 2,000 years ago. And I'm not a, I am, I'm not a, a kingdom of now, this is it, this is the fullness. I'm, I'm not that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that when Jesus came in, a lot of times we'll read the Scripture and we'll understand um, just what we're taught from denominational point of views or doctrinal point of views and not the Word itself. Do you know the Scripture? You guys put your seatbelt on. Do you know the Scripture that, that says that Jesus came to save that which was lost? I'm challenging you tonight. There's a word that in there, not those. He came to seek and save that which was lost. And a lot of times we say, oh, it's the people. Jesus gave his life so that those could be saved. That may be part of it, could be within it, because when you're born again, it's part of the kingdom. But he said he came to seek and save that which is lost. What was lost in the garden? The authority of the kingdom of God, of the reign, of the rule. Are you with me? And Jesus came back to what? Get that back. It wasn't just about the people. Cammy, it wasn't just about the people. It was about the authority. It was about dominion. It was about that which was lost that he wanted to restore. Now, when you restore something, re means to do again, right? So if I have, um, uh, um, um, hey, Glenn, thank you for the water. If I have this water and it's here 
and it gets knocked down, and I restore it, if I put it here, do I restore where it came from? If I put it over here, is that restoring it? Where does it need to go? Back to where it originally came from. So there is an original intent that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit had in the beginning, and we saw it in Genesis, that mankind was to have dominion, rulership, and authority over everything. This helped me, and I hope it'll help you, because can I really get real? If you're addicted to alcohol, you can overcome that. Well, I don't know. I struggle with that. I really have a hard time. I haven't been able to overcome it in all these years. That's, I'm just hypothetically saying that. People are going. <gasps> okay. If in Genesis 1, we have dominion over the plants, what's alcohol made from? Maybe you don't know. Corn. Um, what's beer made from? Hops, yeast, grain, what? Barley, depending on, right? Are you with me? So the Bible says I can have dominion over that. Not only can I, I should have. So John the Baptist comes, and, he's, and, he's, and he's, they're saying, hey, guess what? He's baptizing in this region. And the, and the Passion Translation said heaven's realm is about to appear, so you better keep turning away from evil and turn back to God. We could preach the kingdom today because there are some people that are destroying some stuff that need to turn away from evil and back to God. And I needed to, too, when I turned away from evil and back to God. There was still a struggle. There was still that. But when I began to start learning the dominion and the authority that I have that Jesus paid the price for, are you with me, on the cross at Calvary, and I'll get there, I realized that, wait a minute, I can rise up. And now I can rise up because not just by who I am, but who I'm attached to. I can rise up because I am royalty. I can rise up because I'm a child of the Most High God. I can rise up and overcome and, and, and get out of this and step into what God has for me because of what Jesus has done for me. Amen. I love it. Amen. So what did Jesus preach? Did he preach faith? It's all part of it in the kingdom. Those are things in the kingdom. Did he preach deliverance? It's in the kingdom. Did he preach healing? That's in the kingdom. Did he preach salvation? It's in the, in the kingdom. He never, never preached about himself. I preached Jesus to you on Sunday. Jesus never said, look at me. He never did. He didn't preach Jesus. He preached the kingdom. So when Jesus, the first time we see it in the New Testament, this is what I'm the foundation. I wanted you to see the first time it came into Genesis. And I wanted you to, in the Old Testament, I wanted to see the first time that it came into the New Testament with John the Baptist. But look at Matthew 4, 17. From this time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
I want to challenge you that he was carrying something when he came. I'm using that because visually you could see that. He was carrying the kingdom. He said, wait a minute, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. Well, my burden's pretty heavy. Well, guess what? You're not carrying the kingdom. You're carrying the weight of maybe the dark kingdom and not the light kingdom. And I'll get into because there is two conflicting kingdoms. And they're in battle with one another. And we make decisions based on one or the other. We push one down and lift one up or we push that one down and lift that one up. It's, it's like pushing air in a balloon. It's going somewhere. So when we make those decisions, they got to be kingdom-oriented decisions. So what did Jesus preach? He preached the kingdom. Luke chapter 9. I'm going to read this to you. This is the, the Passion Translation. We know that Jesus had the disciples, right? The, the 12 that were close to him. He taught them. He spent time with them. But then there was another 70, according to Luke chapter 10. There was 70 others. And listen to this. This is what he said. He never preached himself, but here's what he did preach. Jesus summoned together the 12 apostles, and he imparted to them authority over every demon and the power to heal diseases. He commissioned them to preach God's kingdom. He commissioned them. Guess what you get to go do? Preach the kingdom of God. He demonstrated it to them, right? That's what the whole time, that's what they were, they were watching. They were watching him heal the leper, cast out demons, freely you receive, freely you give. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, look at what they, what's taking place. The blinders see, the, those that are lame are walking, right? He's the, the paralytic is, is getting up and taking his mat, and he's walking. He's seeing some things for the kingdom, but the kingdom principles weren't just that. And that's why you can look at it, and we're going to go through some of that in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like that. The kingdom of heaven. He taught him and he taught him and he taught him and taught him and he taught him and he taught him and he taught him. And he said, try this. And oh, you don't get it. They were worried about bread. Lord, he didn't have no bread. He's like, I got some bread that you don't even know of. In other words, I am in, I'm in this kingdom and I'm being fed in this kingdom. And you have no idea of how I'm receiving this manna from heaven. You're more concerned about the manna, what the bread is going to be than where we are in society. He goes on and he says this, then he commissioned them to preach God's kingdom realm and to heal the sick and demonstrate that the kingdom had arrived. As he sent them out, he gave them these instructions. Take nothing on your journey. Just go as you are. Don't carry a staff, a backpack, Food, money, not even a change of clothes. You remember there was one time where he told Peter, he said, don't take one knife or one sword, get two. Now he's saying, divest yourself of all of that. That sword's not going to help you. See, somebody doesn't realize, but when Peter cut off Malchus' ear, he was wanting to kill him. Peter was going to defend Christ. And he said, now don't take this. Don't even take any money with you. <laughs> How money was like, I can't go without my credit card. <laughs> where's my credit card? I got to give him a credit card, right? I don't have cash, but where's my credit card? I got to have my plastic, right? He, was, he goes on and he was like, you know, don't, don't even carry a staff, a backpack, food, money, not even a change of clothes. 
He says, whatever home welcomes you as a guest, remain there and make it your base of ministry. And when it, wherever your ministry is rejected, or he goes on and he says, and not welcomed, you are to leave that town, shake the dust off your shoes as a testimony before them. The apostles departed and went into the villages with the wonderful news of God's kingdom realm. I think sometimes we operate so naturally that we forget that right here is another dimension. Right here. Not just way up there, but it's right here. We can live and operate and breathe and have our being and move and learn and grow and forgive and love and release peace and operate in joy. You ever met somebody that it's like, I mean, things can be happening and they're like, it's okay. God's going to work it out. Scott's going to work it out. It's all good. It's all good. I'm thinking, no, it's not good. It's not good. You're, you're in denial. You're in denial. But see, that's we talked about being walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh. That denial thing is in the flesh because in the spirit, it is all good. Come on, somebody. In the spirit, it is all good. It is all good. In the kingdom, it's all good. The kingdom, according to Romans, is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So you guys are now beginning to start. I hope, I hope in the next few weeks you're going to begin to start seeing where the message is on Sunday of walking in the Spirit and now beginning to mesh with the teaching on the kingdom. I believe there's a place we can live. I believe there's a place we can operate from. I believe there's a realm higher than this realm that we're in right now. And, and whether the supernatural realm is there and the supernatural needs to become natural to the supernatural. To the supernatural, it's natural. But it's still supernatural to us that are natural. So when I begin to look at that, I, I thought about the physical world of ours. The physical world that we are in right now was brought forth by the kingdom of God, by Father's creation, His hand in creation. He created the world. Are you with me? He's created this. And the message of the kingdom is actually at the very center of it. It's at the center. His dominion, His rulership, His authority. When we could begin to look at that and we realize that God's intention was for every action. Every action that he took, every activity that he did was based about the kingdom. It was his desire and his passion to see the kingdom of God increase. Not just you to grow a little bit, but the kingdom to be manifested and increase begin to come forth. I gave an example of that 
I don't can't remember if it was this Sunday or last Sunday because I preached a lot of sermons laying in bed and, 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 and thinking about it in the morning, you know. And so sometimes I'm not sure, Josh, if I preached it or if it was something that I, Shelley, I told Shelly about or something, you know, or maybe Virginia or somebody else. But, but, but maybe it was. So when in Portland, when they, were, when they were rioting, there's a group of guys out there praying for somebody to be healed. How important is that kingdom? How important is the dominion? How important is the authority? When we look at it, he, I believe it was his desire to see his kingdom be established. And now, the Bible says we're seated with Christ. He's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. I'm wondering, you think, Maybe some of his prayers might be about the advancement of the kingdom. Hmm. Maybe. So he wants to establish that kingdom. In Matthew chapter 6, we all know some of that. The Lord's Prayer. He taught the disciples to pray this way. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven to invade our earthly situations. I don't know about you, but I need the kingdom of God to invade my earthly situations. Why don't we stand to our feet? It's very simple. There's some scripture that says you have not because you ask not. Ask God the Father To allow the kingdom to invade this situation. Some of you may have three or four situations. Some of you may have 20. Whatever that is. Just take one and say, God, I need, I need the, the kingdom to manifest in that situation. You got it? We have not because we ask now. So we're saying, God, manifest in that situation. Righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Let me... Let me pray as we close tonight. God, as we have stepped out on this kingdom, we know that there's going to be a battle. That the enemy doesn't want us to gain this wisdom, to gain this revelation, to walk in this knowledge. That's why Jesus was fought so hard, because he was bringing something in. John the Baptist didn't, didn't get to walk in the kingdom. He saw it, but he didn't get to experience it. And the Bible says that we're greater than John the Baptist because we can experience that kingdom. So we saw from the beginning was your heart to have the kingdom manifest here on the earth. And although there was a detour, Jesus brought that back. So, Father, thank you for releasing the kingdom into our situations, into our circumstance. As we learn, as we grow, we know that you, Jesus, taught the disciples about the kingdom. And then you sent them out and said, go preach, proclaim, herald, tell about Speak forth the kingdom to demonstrate that kingdom. 
Father, right now, I just call forth the peace of God on those situations. We call forth the wisdom of God on those situations. Thank you as we get the kingdom of God involved. Let us walk into it. Let us enter into it. But let us not just stay at the door, but let us go through it and enter into that kingdom. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We bless you. We, we send you forth with the blessing of the Lord. See you Sunday morning. Have somebody come with you. Let's get in about 945, and then the worship team will be ready, and then we'll release the kingdom. Amen? Go forth in his power and his might. God bless you. If you're here and you need prayer tonight, come let us pray for you. God bless you. Have a great day.